What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Rahul Padi, and I'm here with my boy, PD. PD, let's say what's up. What's up? And we're back with another one of our QB Room episodes. And before I get into that, I want to tell everybody, if you guys have been enjoying this series, or I guess the podcast in general, please sub, leave a like, follow, whatever you do on the platform you listen to. And if you guys like what we're talking about, please follow us on Twitter. PD is this PD34 underscore, and I'm at Real Rahul Potty 2. Uh, and with that being said, I'll get right into this episode once again. And this is where we get into the juicy ones. We're getting into the QB rooms where we think we need a full episode purely on the room. We've done a couple of these already, and we've gone from the worst QB room in the league uh, to now we're getting towards some of the better ones. Uh and today we're going to be talking about the Cowboys QB room, obviously, in general, that's towards the higher end. And with that being said, I think, Petey, you want to get into Dak Prescott and his game? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Dak Prescott. So um, Dak Prescott, much maligned, uh, highly controversial quarterback. Um, I'm a big fan of his game in terms of what he does when he's out there. He's a really, really good quarterback, and especially in terms of how he fits on a high-end team. We've seen it time and time again where Dak's ability to raise the ceiling of an offense is really, really strong. Um, we can point to years like 2021 or 2016, even before he reached the level that he is now. But in 2021, when you put three receivers like um, uh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, um, along with their offensive line doing a great job and Kellen Moore being a great play caller, they were a top offense before Dak's injury. And that's kind of my style of quarterback. Um, in terms of what he does well in terms of his game, excellent footwork, consistently gets to uh, the point where he's lined up to throw um, while he's dropping back, which is a really, really good way to improve timing. Um, has strong anticipation, really, really strong accuracy. Um, can go through a little bit of inconsistency, um, and that'll tie into the next point that I'm about to discuss. Uh, but he's also extremely aggressive. And I really like that in quarterback, even if it ends up with more turnover-worthy plays and some bad games occasionally. Um, that is another way to raise both the floor and the ceiling of an offense is to look for the most efficient play at all times. And he definitely does that. Now, um, the only knock that I'll have on Dak Prescott is that he's very, very frequently injured. And it causes a lot of inconsistencies with his footwork and his throwing motion when he's injured his upper body or something like that. And especially in terms of the way he's... Uh, being aggressive. That's the thing that I see go the most when he's injured. He just doesn't really have a great grip on the game because he can't make the same aggressive throws uh, and take the same hits while making those throws when he's injured. And I think taking those hits is a necessary part of his game if he wants to be aggressive, but it's a double-edged sword because it increases his chance of injury. Um, And as he's not 6'4", 250 or something like that, um, it's a higher likelihood that he gets injured when he takes those big hits. Um, but I really, really do like his game in terms of the value provided per game, per snap, whatever you want to say. It's just the injuries that continue to hold it back for me. Um, and his play style is extremely aggressive, maybe too aggressive for some. Um, and it ends up with him having inconsistencies in his game. Yeah, I figured you would like a guy like Dak Prescott. If you guys have tuned in the last couple of episodes, I feel like we've had a lot of these sort of quarterbacks who are definitely not the in the elite tier because they lack certain things. In Dak's case, it's probably the physical tools. 
But a lot of these quarterbacks are super cerebral. They're great at breaking down defenses. They're incredibly accurate. They're poised. They have good feel for the game. And in general, what you talked about is when you have good offenses around them, very solid rosters, they're able to elevate that to high levels. I feel like we've talked a lot about those sort of quarterbacks in like recent episodes, and I could see a pattern of you liking that sort of guy. So that makes sense to me. And I agree with a lot of what you said about Dak's game in general. He is that type of quarterback who will play very smart, is going to still be aggressive even though he may not have the biggest arm in the world. He's not the most athletic person in the world, but he is very, very willing and very, very able to attack downfield. And in his career, he has had a lot of receivers with a lot of talent that can do a lot of different things on the football field. And because of that, he's been able to explore all facets of the field, uh, been able to even play make a little bit earlier in his career. Uh, but I will say one thing that I completely agree with you eye to eye on, and he struggled with the loss these past, past couple of years, is injury. And Dak does seem to be the type of quarterback, which we saw a lot last year, because I felt like he really struggled coming back from injury quite a bit last season is he's definitely the type of guy who kind of needs a rhythm to get going and string together a bunch of good games and get back to the player he is. And when he's like injured a lot or injured midseason in some cases, uh, it really ruins his rhythm. It ruins his flow. Uh, and when you are the type of quarterback that needs that to be kind of on point at all times to be successful, it really hurts him. And I feel like that's why last year we saw something super uncharacteristic of him as a whole career, which is putting the ball in harm's way a lot. And I think we'll get into it. I think both of us agree that the peer numbers on that lie a little bit. But at the end of the day, I do think he was putting the ball in harm's way at a significantly higher margin than any of his other years. And honestly, pretty high up in the NFL in general. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that when he came back, he wasn't all that aggressive it really limited what he could do on offense and because of that windows were tighter he had a, a lot less of the field to work with and then you saw a lot more of those interceptions happen uh but at the same time last year we did see a lot of peak Dak which is him being on point with not turning the ball over being very safe with the ball getting the ball to the right places, breaking down defenses the right way. There are a couple of games where we played very high-level defenses where I was actually very, very surprised at how good he was able to operate. And going into next year, hopefully that injury or with the thing that's been happening the past couple of years where he's gotten injured at some point doesn't really happen because they do have another season where the Cowboys are poised to be really good, another season where that offense is – uh, going to be very, very good. So hopefully he can get back to the Dak we know and love next year. Yeah, no matter how you slice it, he's going to be in the top third of turnover-worthy play rate for uh, by a PFF. If you either look at 20% of dropbacks, uh, 20% of the maximum number of dropbacks, which is going to be 20% of 835 or 50%. Um, so if, if you want to restrict it to guys who were consistently starting last year, um, he's still going to be in the top third of the league. So um, it is an issue, um, but it's it becomes less of an issue if you're supplementing it with explosive plays. And I didn't think that Dak post-injury was supplementing it with enough explosive plays to make up for the fact that he was putting the ball in harm's way uh, slightly or solidly above league average. Um, 
So yeah, uh, anything else to add? Otherwise, we can get into the game specifically. No, I was just going to say absolutely agreed there. He's never going to be the type of guy that unless you put a crazy amount of talent on him, you're not going to get a consistent amount of high-level plays like that with big chunk yardage. And when he dips like that in terms of turnover-worthy plays, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a problem more than for most other people. But yeah, let's jump right into his season. All right, let's get into it. So first game of the season, um, this is the one where he gets injured, but prior to the injury, it was like really, really disgusting level play. Um, he wasn't consistent with anything. Put the ball in harm's way twice. One of them dropped interception uh, and one of them really ugly interception. Um, I, I don't really have things to say. This was very, very bad. Wasn't in a rhythm. Um, put the ball in harm's way. Just, Just not good stuff at all. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I believe this was the very, very first game of the season last year. And I got to say, it definitely looked like it. Uh, the Cowboys, it didn't, and neither did the Bucks really, but the Cowboys really came out not looking, looking good, especially offensively. And the biggest reason for that was Dak. And like Petey mentioned, he does get hurt later on. But overall, just, I agree, just a terrible, terrible performance from him. I remember the reaction to this game online was people were thinking Dak was washed uh, this early in his career because of how bad he was playing in this one. Uh, His accuracy dropped a tremendous amount. This is super uncharacteristic of him. I mean, we were talking about how well or how good he was throwing the ball accurately. And in this one, he was throwing it all over the place. Uh, He wasn't really going to his guys who we know are playmakers like CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, even not even enough to Dalton Schultz. He wasn't really even thinking of going downfield. It seemed like he was just out of whack. He wasn't even getting pressured too much, but his just footwork looked out of sync. His fuel was just off today. I don't know what it was. It was just one of those games where he just wasn't all there, and it really, really showed. And it was a shame because people were really hoping he'd come back the next week and kind of get back into the flow of things. Because like I said, Dak is the type of guy who – really needs that to be the case but obviously the injury held him back for a while all right so let's start jumping into these cooper rush games it should be a treat um so week one cooper rush comes in to replace Dak prescott doesn't really do much um he's pushing the ball down the field reasonably aggressively takes a couple of sacks on only some a few pressures which was pretty bad um that nothing really of substance to talk about here. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way, but like there, there's no rhythm to the offense when he goes out. It, it, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was kind of just thrown in there uh, at the worst time, really. I, I'm sure he wasn't expecting to be in game one. Uh, I guess he did what he could. He didn't really produce anything offensively, so there isn't much positive to say about him, but he didn't give the ball away in a situation where Honestly, it was tough coming back, so we very much could have. Uh, I think the next few games you can extrapolate more from who he is because in this one, he didn't really get an opportunity to do too much to turn the game around. All right, moving on to the next one against Cincinnati. So this one, box score is lying. Um, He puts the ball in harm's way a couple of times, and he's not really aggressively pushing the ball down the field. Um, He does make a few decent throws here and there um, such that it's not – a disaster of a game, but I would say it's still below average because of the true, uh, the two turnover plays where he doesn't really get punished in the basic box score for. 
Man, this game was hilarious for the Twitter timeline because Cooper Rush had people convinced that he could somehow beat out Dak Prescott for the Cowboys' job after this game. Because obviously the Bengals, being a great team, one of the best teams in the AFC, uh, coming into this one with no Dak, the Cowboys were not expected to do anything. And I guess technically Cooper Rush did lead them to a win, but I also agree the stats absolutely lie in this one. I wasn't particularly impressed by anything he did. He didn't make any throws that really jumped off the jumped out of the film for me. He was relatively accurate, I'd say, uh, except for all the times he put the whole ball in harm's way where he got incredibly lucky that he didn't turn the ball over even once there. Uh, but I'd say outside of that, he was relatively consistent in getting the ball out to his guys. But it's mainly because the Cowboys did not ask him to do much. They ran the ball, uh, I'd say, more than they normally would with Dak in the game. And they kind of just let Cooper Rush dump it down low, work the play action off of that run game. Uh, They honestly got really lucky that the Bengals didn't really know what was going on in that first quarter. And the Cowboys and Cooper Rush kind of got a jump on them. That's where Cooper Rush did a lot of those that his damage. A lot of those 235 yards you see came on like two pretty early drives. And then once it was figured out that he really can't make too many throws past like the 10 yard mark, uh, the Bengals really locked down on him and he couldn't do much more. But I guess he did the job, so I'll give him a decent performance. All right, moving on to the next one at the Giants. And this one was Cooper Rush's only like truly very good game of his starts, in my opinion. Um, He makes a really nice explosive play in the game. Doesn't put the ball in harm's way for any dropped interceptions or anything like that. Um, No sacks, low amount of pressure. Um, Cowboys offense, again, trying to get the ball out of his hands fast, but he executed very well, in my opinion. Was a lot more accurate than something like his first game uh, where he was just thrust in. And, um, yeah, I, I thought his performance was here was very good, very clean, and, and led to a pretty efficient day. Yeah, I think for me, very good is a stretch for this performance here. Uh, but I will say, uh, unlike pretty much all his other performances, uh, he did somewhat impress me. He did make plays that I was actually uh, uh, proud of him for making. And it was also a big game for them, being a divisional matchup. When And I believe this was a national TV game as well. So this was a big spot for him, and he definitely delivered. Once again, he was pretty relatively accurate, and I think in this game he actually cut out a lot of those mistakes he was making the last one. Uh, and I think this is just an upgraded version of the game he had last week where he was still reliant heavily on the run game of this Dallas offense, which... Obviously, when you have a backup in, you are going to rely on the run game when it is as good as the Cowboys one is. And Cooper Rush just used that and worked off of it once again, just dominating in the play-action game. He finally connected with CeeDee Lamb in this one a good amount, which I thought he'd get to right away. Usually when you have new quarterbacks come in, they really look for you know the primary weapon on the offense. But he didn't really do that till in this game, and it really showed in this it worked for him in this game uh and he finally got over that bug of where after that first quarter in that Bengals game he didn't really do too much 
And in in this game, he was able to stay somewhat consistent throughout the game, even produce offense in the second half when the team really needed it. So I'll give him a good performance for this one, and it doesn't really get much better from this. All right, moving on to week four against Washington. Uh, this one was a little up and down. He makes a couple of explosive plays, but does put the ball in harm's way for a couple of dropped interceptions in this one. Um Kind of a weird game. Um, not much consistency with the accuracy in general. Um, yeah, I can't say he played well in this one, um, but it wasn't a total disaster because he did make a couple of explosive plays here and there. Yeah, I think inconsistent is a great way of putting it because that pretty much epitomizes this performance. I once again wouldn't have said he was bad. To me, he was just decent once again. Uh, I didn't really think he made as many mistakes in terms of turnover-worthy throws, as you would say. And I, But I do think his overall accuracy dropped just a little bit in this one compared to his other games. Uh, I think the Washington D-line uh, D got to him a little bit more than the other two weeks, which is a little surprising considering I thought those defenses were probably better. Uh, but for whatever reason, this one knocked Cooper Rush off his game just a little bit. I think it might have had to do with the fact because the Washington defense was able to limit the Dallas run game quite a bit. So, you know, everything closed up a little bit on the defensive side for Cooper Rush. He didn't have as much space to work with. Uh, But I think because of that, it challenged him to do a little bit more. He actually had to attack downfield, which he wasn't really doing. He was really just a check down kind of guy these past couple of games. And because of how bad the run game was doing, he was really forced to do a little bit more. And he actually did light up the commander's defense a little bit. That's where those ups came in on those deep passes to guys like CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown. But there are also the downs of him just sailing passes, missing those same guys. So overall, up and down performance, but I'll still say solid because once again, he got the job done and he was able to improve on the go because the game plan was disrupted. All right, moving on to the next one against L.A. Um, kind of a bizarre game with the low volume for him. But I didn't think he played well. Put the ball in harm's way with the fumble and dropped interception. Um, and they didn't really ask him to do much, like I said, because of the volume. And he still took three sacks on not an extremely high amount of pressure. Um, yeah, not a good performance, despite the fact that they blew him out, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is the point where NFL defenses figured out Cooper Rush. And there was no longer a campaign for him to be the next Dallas franchise quarterback. And yeah, like you said, even though this was a blowout performance for the Cowboys in general, uh, I still don't think Cooper Rush really got anything going in this one. Uh, I think in this game, the Cowboys went back to their normal offense on being super reliant on the run game. And this time it happened to the point where they pretty much asked Cooper Rush to do nothing. And even in those situations, he almost messed up. He did lose one fumble, and I think he fumbled another time too. So that was already too many mistakes for a guy like him who can't really make up for it uh, going downfield, which is another thing he didn't do in this game after trying to go downfield quite a bit last week. He literally just targeted two guys all game, being CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Uh, I'm not really sure why he chose to stop pat th- spreading the ball out so much or just didn't really throw it to anybody else in general. And like PD mentioned, he didn't really get too much pressure in this one. This wasn't a high-pressure game from the Rams, and he still took a lot of sacks, three for the amount he was pressured. 
just an overall poor performance from him, and it really goes to show like he just wasn't that guy. And it does not get better the next week. Um, in fact, it is the worst performance of his uh, stint yep. here. Um, and he throws three picks, all of them turn over the plays. Just horrible stuff. Um, the accuracy, very bad. Um, doesn't take any sacks on a high number of pressures, but uh, you could see the pressure showing up with the mistakes he was making in other places. So, yeah, just, just this this one shows why he's a backup quarterback. Um, decent backup, but, like, you know, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that credit as well. In As a backup, if you're treating him as such, he definitely came in and put in a very good shift for this Cowboys offense. Pretty much his whole stint there. Uh, but this game against probably one of the best defenses in the league this year and a really hot streak for them in the Eagles defense really showed like what, why, where Cooper Rush lacks. And there's a lot of where he lacks in. And I agree, he didn't take no sacks in a high-pressure game, but I think the reason for that was he just kept throwing the ball to the other team when he was under pressure, and the defensive line really didn't get an opportunity to sack him. Uh, he threw three interceptions, which I thought all were pretty poor, and I thought he threw the ball into harm's way once or twice more as well. He once again didn't look to throw downfield whatsoever like he did that one game a couple weeks ago. His accuracy dropped by, I'd say, a pretty considerable amount compared to his other weeks. Uh, it seemed like the Cowboy, the Eagles secondary just had all of the Cowboys pay- playmakers pretty much locked up, and Cooper Rush didn't know what to do uh, in terms of breaking down the defense, throwing guys open, any of those things. He was primarily just a first-couple-read quarterback, was getting the ball to guys out in open space when he could, but when he was really challenged to make actual quarterback plays I guess you could say he wasn't really able to do so and that's why he struggled so much in this one in my opinion he just seemed super flustered and out of whack by the Eagles defense who really got on him really put a completely different game plan specific for him which I don't think teams were doing except for this last week or two it seemed like they're kind of just going with the flow with Cooper Rush but at this point teams knew what he was about they knew what he was doing they knew he doesn't have the biggest arm, not the most athletic. There's a lot of throws which he can't make. And when you force him to make those certain throws, you get a game like this. So not the best way to go out. But I will say Cooper Rush definitely overperformed, in my opinion, in his stint while he was there. All right. So Dak returns the next week against Detroit. And his first game back, he looks a little rusty, puts the ball in harm's way a couple times for dropped interceptions. It's not really generating explosive plays despite uh, targeting down the field, um, or not really self-generating explosive plays, I should say. Takes a couple of sacks on a low number of pressures. Um, Detroit's pass rush, pass rush very poor, um, so they're not really generating much pressure there. He's kind of holding the, onto the ball a little more than he wants to. Um, yeah, I think this one was just kind of mediocre. He does generate some intermediate throws, but like not enough explosive plays to overcome uh, the two interceptable passes that he threw in my opinion yeah I agree here for the most part and I think this is a good game for Dak to come back in because despite all those deficiencies he had in this game the Cowboys were able to win quite easily so definitely good spot for him to come back but I agree against a pretty poor Lions defense he definitely did not look at the top of his game I thought his accuracy was still there but 
the reason for that, in my opinion, is because he was much, much less aggressive than normal Dak Prescott. He was not trying to go downfield whatsoever. And I think that's why he was able to keep a relatively clean amount of completions because uh, he really wasn't pushing the ball. I also agree that he probably took too many sacks for the little amount of pressure he was getting from this Lions defense. And he did get away with a near pick or two. So definitely not the normal type of clean performance you see out of a Dak Prescott, especially in a week like this against a bad Lions defense. I would expect a guy like Dak to really attack and feast on these guys, especially with the run game performing as well as it did in this game. So a little underwhelming from him, but that's kind of what you expect when you come back from such a lengthy injury. All right, moving on to the next one. This one was anything but underwhelming to me. This one, he was fantastic. The interception that he threw was not his fault, in my opinion. Um, extremely accurate, pushes the ball down the field a couple of times for um, nice explosive plays. Um, is dominating the intermediate area of the field pretty much, I would say. It, like Barely missed any passes on the day. Um, the ones that he, that he didn't have completions on, um, he was kind of throwing it away or... or being hit while he threw so like yeah just just really really fantastic performance really weak defense but i mean this is this is a really really great performance i can't knock it that much yeah man this is finally the return of the real dak we know uh and this is the first time we saw him all season which is wild because it was week eight but obviously had missed a lot of time but finally, we saw a real good Dak performance, something we're accustomed to seeing from him. And yeah, I, I agree. This was a masterclass of a performance from him. Virtually missed no throws. He was incredibly accurate. And this today, it was not because he was just checking it down, relying on the run game to do their thing. And I will say the run game, once again, was very dominant. Dak Prescott did absolutely work off the play action, absolutely uh, took advantage of a very loaded box, not too many DBs back there, and he torched defenses over the top. He certainly did that, but he did exactly what he needed to. He, he sensed that the Bears' defense were getting sucked in by that run game, and he just kept attacking, attacking, and kept his foot on the gas pedal. I agree that that pick definitely was not his fault. It was off a tip, I believe, which just not much you can do there. But aside from that, he was just hitting all his guys in stride. Him and both C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz had a great connection in this one. Uh, and yeah, pretty much a near flawless performance for me from Dak. All right, moving on to the next one. So they go into the bye week um, in week nine and come back in Green Bay. Um, this one was a little bit of a weird performance. So he does have two turnover-worthy plays, but I don't think they overlapped with the interceptions that he threw. Um, some miscommunications with his receivers, uh, messing him up in this one. Um, he was holding on to the ball just a little bit more than I would have liked from him. Um, and his accuracy and consistency of the offense overall wasn't the greatest, but he does generate a couple of explosive plays to make up for it. Um, has a couple of nice runs. So um, not the worst performance in the world, but I would say he was like kind of mediocre in this one. Yeah, to me, this was a lot more of an up and down performance than we're accustomed to from Dak. To me, when I think of Dak Prescott, he's super consistent, uh, very clean games for the most part, and you're not going to get too many crazy uh, chunk plays. And this was kind of the opposite from him. I also felt like he had a couple of turnover-worthy plays. T 
to me, I think both of those interceptions were his fault. And I I counted up a couple more turnover-worthy plays outside of that. So a lot of mistakes uh, on my end. But I think he did a good job of dealing with pressure. I think despite being pressured a decent bit, he only took two sacks. Uh, he was pushing the ball downfield, and that's where you got those pretty, pretty, pretty big plays to guys like C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb had a pretty monster game, and he was kind of running free all day. Dak was hitting him, but I feel like aside from Dak, aside from that, Dak, Dak really struggled to get the ball consistently to anyone else on this team, and that's really what held him back. He was pretty inaccurate to almost everyone else on the field, I'd say. And that's what holds his accuracy back a little bit in this one. That's why his mistake counter went up a lot in this one. And it definitely confused me because of how good the running attack was in this one. Uh, But I think the Cowboys were just on offense so much because the Packers just kept going down and scoring or they just gave the ball away super fast on a three and out. So the Cowboys had the ball a lot. So Dak had a high volume game where I think it's just not his sort of thing. He seemed a little out of sync, uh, especially after missing so much time. And that's why you see so much inconsistency. Like he scored in bunches near the half, but both in the first and fourth quarter, he was pretty bad. Didn't finish the job in overtime either. So a very up and down performance for me, just average outs to becoming just a medium level performance here. All right, moving on to the next one. So Cowboys destroy the Vikings, and Dak was really, really good in this one. Very, very accurate. Generated a couple of fantastic explosive plays, specifically that deep throw to Pollard where he targets him in a 1v1. Fantastic route and throw. Um, No sacks, very little pressure in this one. Just an extremely, extremely clean game. Um, They didn't ask him to push the ball down the field, or he, he didn't consistently push the ball down the field, but it was very successful when he did, and it was a really, really clean game overall. Man, you couldn't have said it much better because I thought this was probably Dak's best performance of the year, in my opinion. I think he really, really cooked in this one. And obviously the score can kind of say it, but when you watch what that Dak actually did in this one, it really shows how impressive it was because the Vikings try to come out and really confuse Dak. In the last couple of weeks, he had shown a little bit of weakness and a little bit of proneness to making a lot of mistakes. And the Vikings came out super aggressive in this pretty big game at this point in the NFC. A big game for playoff seeding as well. And the Vikings kind of threw like a strange look at him where they were doing like a little man zone combo. And they were just hoping it would confuse Dak enough to throw it to them. And Dak definitely took that defense and ripped it to shreds I think that Tony Pollard route was a perfect example of that where they just thought they could leave Pollard out in a one-on-one against the linebacker on a wheel route and thought that Dak just wouldn't go to it that along with a couple of other deep plays are the exact reason why Dak can get so good when he finally gets things going like this and he hit he's hitting those deep receivers in stride he's spreading the ball out in this one, unlike in a lot of the other games where he struggled, this is where you see Dak finally get into stride, finally get into his comfort zone, and that's when you get these masterclass type of performances. He virtually, once again, didn't miss a throw all day long. I think those couple of misses he had that weren't completions were just straight-up drops or something like that. And 
yeah, I there isn't much more he could have done right in this one, and that's why the game went the way it did. All right, moving on to the next one against the Giants. So this one a little bit more up and down. Um, he was accurate, but he does put the ball in harm's way. Um, two interceptions, was very aggressive pushing the ball down the field um, and was under a ton of pressure. Giants did a really good job um, defensively. Um, and he maybe uh, wanted to get the ball out a little bit quicker on some of these plays, um, but he was able to generate some explosive plays here and there. So I thought it ended up being a, an okay game, um, but definitely not to the standard that it was in the Minnesota game or the Chicago game. Yeah, I'd have to agree. He kind of goes back down to earth once again in this one. And I think this is where the injury really screwed him over because we can clearly see in like the week prior and even in that Bears game that Kirk, or not Kirk, sorry, Dak can be the kind of guy who can have these really good performances when he's in rhythm. But for whatever reason this year, once he came back from injury, uh, he really seemed to put the ball in harm's way a lot in some games, a lot more than he did in other other seasons. And that's why a lot of these games are just coming out to being decent for me. Because I think outside of those two, maybe three interception-worthy plays, he was quite accurate the rest of the day. He did a good job of not only attacking downfield, but also hitting down low in the intermediate range. He did a good job, once again, of spreading the ball while still going to his main guys like CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. But those mistakes just bring it down overall. And I will say I don't think he was under pressure that much in this one. To me, I think the Giants do have a solid pass rush, but they really weren't getting to him because he was either getting rid of the ball earlier than that or just making his decisions quicker. So that is good on Dak for that. And overall, I would have put this as a solid game if it wasn't for those couple mistakes that really did change the game. They brought the Giants back, so they're obviously important enough to matter. And that's why it becomes an average performance. But it sucks because he's just becoming super up and down here. Freudian slip there, um, saying Kirk instead of Dak. All right, moving on to the next one um, against the Colts. So this one, the final score and the box score are really, really lying. Um, Dak did nothing of substance in this game and put the ball in harm's way twice, once with a dropped interception, once with an interception. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't think he did anything at all. Um, uh, his accuracy wasn't um, particularly ideal for the passes he was attempting. Um, and like I said, he put the ball in harm's way a couple times there. Um, just really wasn't generating any, much of his own offense. And th- the Colts being just absolutely tripping all over themselves, um, I think that led to this performance not going noticed quite at all. Yeah, this game was one of the funniest games for me to watch because that fourth quarter was one of the biggest disaster class performances I've seen out of an offense ever. Like, I have not seen that many mistakes and things go the other team's way in a bunch like that in a while. But I also think because of how that game ended and really blew out of proportion, people ignore Dak. I will say it's too far, in my opinion, to say he did nothing. But this was, once again, one of those performances where he was kind of a passenger on the offense. And because of how good this team is, he was able to just win because he was very, very unaggressive in this one. And like we've said, with quarterbacks of this mold and Dak specifically, when you don't have aggressive Dak, it's he's just simply not good enough. 
when you don't have him attacking downfield, he's just not going to be able to generate enough offense, especially because he is the type of guy to make this year, at least to make a lot of mistakes. Like he did have that interception, which I thought was his fault thrown right to the defender as well as another uh, interceptable pass uh, that I had during this game. I thought he was a little bit less accurate than normal. And I think that's definitely a big thing for concern considering in this game, he didn't throw the ball past like maybe 15 yards downfield. And I don't know why Dak has these games where he just simply decides not to go downfield whatsoever. It might be because they were dominating in this game and the run game was pretty damn good all day. But to me, that's not really an excuse for Dak to not do anything. But because if anything, that just opens the defense up more, gives them even more space and opportunities to really torch them, especially against a pretty bad Colts team that was honestly tanking at this point. So just a very, very weird performance from Dak, in my opinion. He could have done a lot more. Uh, I think he definitely didn't do anything to hurt the team. But to me, when you ha- when you're a quarterback of, I guess, his caliber, I'm expecting a lot more. All right, moving on to the next one against Houston. So this one was a bizarre game. Um, Dak put the ball in harm's way a couple of times. One interceptable pass. Um, had another interception that I think didn't think was his fault, but then also had a bad fumble um, on the ground. Um, and, dude, like um, – the accuracy early on in this game was just bizarre to watch. Um, the consistency of the Cowboys offense was really poor, um, but they did turn it on towards the end. So that brings it up to kind of an average performance to me. But like you can kind of see the kind of streakiness of this offense when they're clicking. Um, Dak is just lighting it up. Um, and it kind of just goes to show like his style as a player being very much in the ceiling raising type. When things are clicking, the offense looks absolutely unstoppable. Uh, but when things go poorly, um, it looks really, really ugly. So you can see both halves of that in this game. And against a very mediocre defense uh, like the Texans, I wouldn't have expected something like that. Yeah, honestly, mediocre is giving them way too much credit at this point because this Texans defense was absolute dog shit. And the Cowboys did not make it look that way at all. And this ties back into what we were talking about even from the start of the episode with Dak is for whatever reason, he became super inconsistent in this uh, season, uh, which is something that's I'd say pretty uncommon for him, but it showed a lot in this game. Like you mentioned, his accuracy started off pretty poor and that's why the Texans were able to get this jump because drive in drive out early in this game, uh, the uh, Cowboys were either punting or just giving the ball back to the Texans pretty quickly uh, because Dak just couldn't get things going. I'd say both those picks were his fault as well, and they were so poorly thrown that even this Texans defense was able to pick it off. Uh, But, yeah, eventually in that game where we talked about how Dak kind of needs to get in rhythm, and after a couple of passes went his way, he was able to get into a little bit of rhythm. Once again, this Cowboys running attack was not at its best in this game, but still somewhat consistent. And they used it enough to where Dak just had to kind of work off that a little bit, get things going with the play-action game. And then you saw him attack more. You saw deep passes to guys like Noah Brown had a pretty deep, like, 50-yard shot. I think he was attacking in the intermediate range with, like, Lamb, Schultz, Brown, a decent bit. So, in general, he was able to save the game. But, once again, those mistakes... The inconsistency is going to bring his overall performance down for me. 
And in this case, because of the amount, I'd say it's a below average performance. All right, moving on to the next one um, against Jacksonville. Ooh, bizarre ending to this game. Um, but Dak does put the ball in harm's way for a really ugly interception where he just completely overthrows his receiver. Um, so that's one of his turnover-worthy plays. Um, aside from the interceptions, um, the one at the end of the game also just I, – I, I can't even explain how, how that happened. Um, but aside from those interceptions, pretty solid game. Um, was making some good chunks in their intermediate area. Um, and was pretty accurate for most of the day. Um, so I'd call this one a good performance. Um, the interception that he threw the first one was very bad, so um, that does bring it down. Um, and the interception at the end, just like, <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. So, um, yeah, maybe you can get into that a little bit more. Okay, to me, I definitely have him much lower on the scale, especially when you have that interception to end the game, something of that caliber. I simply can't put you at good when you do something like that. And it once again annoys me at how inconsistent Dak was in this game. Because if you take those couple of uh, plays away towards the end of the game where he essentially throws it away for the Cowboys, he was actually on pace for a very, very clean game. Aside from those two mistakes, like you mentioned, he was very accurate in this one. And not only was he accurate, he was back to being aggressive Dak for the first time in a while. And I think it really takes these games where he's playing up against another competitive team with another high-scoring offense that Dak actually, you know, shows up to play and plays to his standards. Because for whatever reason, against these terrible defenses, he's just, like, not showing up. But once again, those mistakes just cost him at the end. And he did a great job of all the things that I was talking about Aggressive Dak does, where he was finding his weapons in, like, C.D. Lamb. He even went to him deep. He was going intermediate to everybody, like Noah Brown, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz. He was attacking all three phases of the field. He was just doing a good job. The one thing I'd say consistently throughout the game he wasn't doing a good job of was managing pressure. I think he took way too many sacks, which killed a quite a few important drives, especially in that second half. But when you throw the game away like that, a lot of the things he did the rest of the game kind of go out of the window for me because it's not like he was making a crazy amount of chunk plays and a lot of insane throws in the first place anyways. He just had a clean game, which he messed up at the end. So to me, that's a poor performance. Yeah, that the interception on the final play literally like bounces off his re- bounces off his receiver's hands, and defender catches it, runs it in for a touchdown. So, ugh, unbelievable luck. But the interception that he throws, the first one is just a very ugly one. Um, all right, moving on to the next one against Philly. So this one was pretty up and down. So he's under a ton of pressure. Ended up taking a couple of sacks, and he does put the ball in harm's way a couple of times. Um, for one interception and one dropped interception, but um, he was able to really, really do a good job of generating explosive plays, specifically that one to T.Y. Hilton. The tight window on third and 30 just bombs away. Incredible throw. Um, yeah, I was impressed with his ability to generate explosives in this one, um, and it made up for the mistakes that he had under pressure and putting ball in harm's way. So good performance in my opinion. Yeah, before I get into Dax game specifically, man, this was a great matchup, and I don't think people expected that with uh, Gardner Minshew having to sub in for Dak in this one. But these two divisional teams once again went toe-to-toe for a really, really good game. 
And I think Dak definitely held his own in this one. And this was one of the rare occasions where Dak was actually able to make up for all the mistakes he was making with a bunch of chunk plays that ended up saving his team. So fair dues. But one thing that he struggled with massively in this one was dealing with the pressure. And I will say he did as well as he could have maybe because the Eagles just came out super, super aggressive because I think they knew they needed to win this game on the defensive end because they didn't have Hurts in. And clearly it didn't go out that go that way because both offenses were incredible. But I think that was the Eagles' defensive game plan coming in, and that's why Dak was under pressure so much, took so many sacks. So I think that's partially on him, but partially just kind of the circumstances of the game. But outside of that, he was lights out accuracy-wise, I'd say, aside from those two interceptable passes. He was very, very accurate, and once again, he was aggressive. And that's when you finally get the good version of him. He was going deep to C.D. Lamb. P.D. mentioned the third and 30 where he just tosses it to T.Y. Hilton for a 50-plus yard completion. That was great. He was finally going to guys in the intermediate range like Schultz, Gallup, Pollard, while going deep at the same time, so the Eagles just didn't know what to expect. And we know what his level is anticipation of a- and accuracy. When you use all those facets of the field, when you have the run game kind of going well, so you have a little bit more space than you would expect, he can finally get into that rhythm. And that's when you finally see him spreading the ball. Like I said just a second ago, throwing it to all different parts of the field. That's when you see Dak getting going. And this was not a clean performance, not one of his best, like that Bears one, or uh, I believe it was the other one, the Vikings one, but still one of his better performances on the year, and I'll give him a good performance. All right, moving on to the next one against Tennessee. So this one, a little mediocre in my opinion. Puts the ball in harm's way with a fumble and an interceptable pass. One of the interceptions was not his fault. Um, yeah, just, uh, just kind of they didn't ask him to do much other than that. Um, he is, is able to generate a couple of explosive plays here and there, but, um, I thought this one was closer to average because there isn't like an elite outlier amount of accuracy, um, or a ton of explosive plays to make up for those two mistakes. So, um, yeah, good pressure management, but still just kind of okay-ish performance to me. To me, I think this game is the prime example of why Dak Prescott really does need a good team around him to be successful. Because I believe Tony Pollard was out this game. And to me, it really, really showed. And it was kind of a preview of another game in the near future where Pollard goes out and things really go to shit. But this was a huge example of it. I think that element Pollard brings where he's a speed back and generate a lot of space out of the backfield. He gets you those chunk gains, and even if he's not carrying the ball a whole bunch of times every time he is and every time he's on the field, it adds a lot of element of surprise and really spreads the defense out and allows Dak to do his thing, which we know he really needs. And I feel like in this one, he was a lot more mistake-prone, a lot more antsy because they didn't have that Tony Pollard element. And that made him a lot less aggressive And as we know, when Dak isn't as aggressive, he's just not going to be as good. He wasn't looking to go downfield as much. That's why, just for the amount of volume he he had in terms of the times he dropped back, I don't think he got nearly the amount of yards he should have for a quarterback of his caliber. And I think it's because of how just 
compact the defense was this Titans defense because there wasn't really a run game. Uh, he did do a good job of spreading the ball out. I'll give him that. And he did a good job on this one of dealing with pressure, not really sensing, the, uh, not really take uh, making that affect his game too much. But that interception that was his fault and that fumble once again kind of swung the game a little bit against his favor. I'd say it once again comes down to being a mid to solid performance. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, another disaster. Uh, this one was really, really ugly to watch. Absolutely no rhythm, very little accuracy. Um, he has a number of drops in this one from his receivers, but man, the, the rhythm of the offense was absolutely disgusting. Puts the ball in harm's way three times. Kind of makes up for it a little bit with a couple of explosive plays, but man, the interception that he threw and then another two, um, just very poorly timed, very poorly placed, just... Um, very, very bad performance to close the season. Ends the regular season on a very sour note. Um, he managed pressure decently in this one, um, but he was holding on to the ball quite a bit because of the way that the game went. And uh, yeah, I, I was really, really upset by this performance by him. Bro, this performance confused me so much because I don't know for sure if the Cowboys really needed to win this one, but I think they didn't need to. So I could kind of see why they laxed up a bit and didn't really play their best. But you definitely, definitely don't want to go into the playoffs looking this bad. And it really, really confused me why they chose to almost look this bad going into it. And maybe it was just because Dak Prescott was that bad. Because to me, this might have been his worst performance of the year. He was absolutely atrocious. And it started immediately from his accuracy. I don't know what got into his head that morning. Because normally the issue with him is either he's making too many mistakes or he's just like getting in his head and not being aggressive and that's holding him back. But in this one, but for whatever reason, he was just missing left and right. And that's just not something you see out of Dak Prescott typically. And he was missing easy throws too. Like I said, he was not attacking downfield whatsoever. And he was still incredibly inaccurate. It was the weirdest thing to see from a quarterback like that Prescott who really like prides himself on his accuracy and against the commanders team that frankly wasn't that good was out of the playoffs at this point. They were just, I guess, trying to prove a point to a divisional matchup. And yeah, maybe it was the fact that Dallas wasn't really trying to give too much up before the playoffs was just trying to get in and out healthy. But still, really, really bad look for Prescott. Really, really confusing and bad game. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is the first playoff game, the wild card in Tampa. Um, and Dak was absolutely insane in this game. Um, bizarre contrast between the last week and this week, but he was he was absolutely incredible. Um, extremely accurate, dominated the intermediate and short area of the field. Uh, made a couple of explosive plays here and there. Um, Cowboys offense was just running laps around the Bucks defense, and Dak was at the forefront of that, taking advantage of everything that was there to be had and making some explosive plays out of structure. So, um, yeah, there's there's literally nothing to knock here. Um, he had, like, barely any incompletions. Incompletions that he had were mostly drops. It, it, was, it was really incredible the way he played. Yeah, absolutely night and day of a performance from the last one where we were confused what him and the Cowboys were doing. And this came out to be one of the best, I'd say probably like top three performance he had all year. This is finally the Dak Prescott we know can come out. 
the aggressive Dak Prescott that I was preaching about pretty much this entire season. He finally came out, and it happened at the right time. So I guess he was saving it for the right cause. And it was a perfect moment to happen because I'd say the Bucks did a much better job of facing the run than a lot of other teams have pretty much all year against the Cowboys. And Dak, despite that, kind of facing a little bit more of a challenge. And it still wasn't to the point where he had to throw at a high volume. They still kept him at the amount that they'd normally want Dak to throw. But I feel like he had to shoulder the offensive load a little bit more. And he did a great job of it. He was able to attack, once again, all three facets of the field. He was getting it to all his guys, spreading the ball out well. He virtually missed no throws, was very, very accurate, didn't make any mistakes, which is obviously a common characteristic of Dak in other years, and he finally dug into that and had a really good game in this one. Uh, Just overall great performance, nothing bad to say for me. All right, moving on to the final game of the season. Um, this is this one was the worst performance of the year for me. Um, just it was it was really bad. Uh, puts the ball in harm's way, two interceptions. Um, one of them, I think the receiver might have miscommunicated on, but um, has another turnover worthy play in there anyway. Um, the accuracy just really really poor, and the Cowboys' rhythm on offense just an absolute disaster. Um, his stats are being padded a little bit by a C.D. Lamb incredible catch down the left sideline um, later on in the game. Um, thankfully, he doesn't take um, too many. He only takes one sack, and he was under pressure quite a lot. But just holding on to the ball with not much fruitful results. And, um, yeah, you really see the effect of not having uh, an advantage in supporting cast on the way Dak plays. Um, it just kind of turns him into a pumpkin sometimes, especially – when he's still uh, recovering from the injury and having up and down performances past that. So um, yeah, I I was really not a fan of the performance here. Yeah. This game from Dak is exactly what I was referencing a couple weeks ago. And I believe that uh, Eagles match or no, it wasn't the Eagles matchup, but one of the matchups where Pollard was out because in this one, Pollard goes out towards the end of the first half and you could totally see it affecting Dak Prescott. And we said even from the start that Dak Prescott is the type of quarterback who really does need a high-level supporting cast around him to succeed and do his best. And you really saw it in this one because even before the Pollard injury, the Niners did a great job of locking up that run defense and the offensive load completely fell on Dak Prescott. And he definitely didn't step up to the task. He looked super inaccurate. And in general, I felt like it was because... Uh, because of how good they were against the run and because of the threat of that uh, pass rush, he just seemed a little bit antsy. His footwork was, was a little bit off. I just thought the Niners, the scheme that they put out, knocked Dak off his game so much that he was making super boneheaded un- and uncharacteristic plays. I would say both those interceptions were his fault as well as another drop pick. Uh, the Fred Warner one really confused me as to why he was going there because the Cowboys were kind of having some momentum going at that point. And Dak just completely killed it by making that throw. Just overall making a lot of boneheaded mistakes, which I wasn't expecting out of him. I agree with you in that CD Lamb uh, catch, highly, highly changing uh, his box score in this one because he did not have a whole lot of yards before that. 50-odd yard catch that C.D. Lamb made an incredible uh, play in making. And honestly, that 
almost put them back in the game. That was the only chunk yardage play that could have kind of put them back. And it was because of how bad Dak was all game. I don't know why he didn't really go to anyone else other than CeeDee Lamb in this one. And Lamb was open quite a bit, but his other receivers just were not getting any love. Or even if they were, it was on super quick checkdowns. It just seemed like Dak was off his game completely, and it was just really bad overall. All right. So let's talk about this Cowboys team this year, um, their team and scheme and how Dak and kind of Cooper Rush fit in there. Um, so Tony Pollard is coming back from injury. I hope he's fully healthy because Dak is a lot better when he's out there. Um, in terms of additions at receiver, they added Brandon Cooks. Cooks is a really, really good fit with Dak. Um his ability to separate and win on routes all over the field, especially deep, um, is a great fit with Dak's aggression. Um, and I think when they're healthy fully um, at receiver with Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup, they will be really, really good. Um, those three are a fantastic fit with Dak, um, and I like the way that they synergize with each other as well in terms of alignment and stuff like that. Um, and then in terms of the offensive line, um, this is where I have some questions because of the health. Um, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin have dealt with a lot of injuries in the past, as well as other pieces along their offensive line. Um, but when healthy, again, this offensive line is really, really strong. So in terms of talent, um, this team has a ton of talent everywhere. I don't really see holes. I guess if you want to poke holes, Jake Ferguson, not really the strongest tight end, but um, with the way that the offense used tight ends last year, um, it's just kind of basic flat routes and stuff like that. Um, so I don't really see a huge issue with that. Um, the thing that'll hold them back, like I mentioned a little bit, um, recently, um, in the past couple of minutes is the health, um, in terms of both the receivers with Gallup having injuries and passing with cooks, um, and the offensive line, there's constantly injuries with the offensive line, especially with the Cowboys, with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin aging. Um, but I think when, when they're healthy, they, they might contend for a top offense in the league. Um, I really do believe in Dak that much in terms of his ability to raise the ceiling of uh, a strong offense. Um, but the, the question that the biggest question out of all of them beyond the injuries uh, is the fact that Mike McCarthy is calling the plays, which um, <laughs> I really, really can't get behind that. McCarthy hasn't been a strong play caller in like a decade and, and, and change. So um, hopefully we see Schottenheimer take over play calling at, at some point. Schottenheimer is a re- reasonably capable play caller, but um, as long as McCarthy is play calling, I don't really like how, how that kind of works. Yeah. And honestly, even Schottenheimer in this day and age, I feel like he might be a little bit outdated at this point I don't know if he fits in well with this Cowboys offense but if you didn't mention I was right about to jump right into that I feel like the biggest holdback here is Mike McCarthy's play calling I feel like his just style of offense is super predictable and uninventive and I feel like that's why some games their run game just doesn't get going or some games Dak just looks like a completely different player that's out of sync and throwing ducks to his receivers I think there's something going on there where some teams are just simply able to predict what the Cowboys are going to do offensively and that just holds them back completely and to me that's why this team is not going to contend for a top offense kind of like how you were talking about I just don't think I think they may have the personnel to do it but I really just don't think they have the coaching and play calling to 
consistently beat teams. I think there's a lot of people that can just see the film and understand that this Cowboys offense is running the same couple of runs. They have the same sort of route concepts a lot of the time. And when you have a quarterback like Dak, who obviously is good, we like him, but he's not the type of quarterback that's going to be able to take mid-offensive play calling and make a lot out of it. So I think that in itself limits this offense. But in terms of the personnel around Dak, there is a lot I really like. I think Pollard, we emphasized throughout this season that he was a huge, huge factor in helping Dak. I mentioned in one of those games that he adds a little bit of an element of an X factor, a lot of speed, a lot of just agility, a lot of, he can do a lot of things on the football field. He can be placed in a lot of places. And because of that element, it opens up defenses and even just off a pure ground and pound basis, it opens up a lot for Dak. So I think having him back, hopefully having him healthy is going to be huge for Dak next year. The one thing I have an issue with is I guess for years, people have been saying Tony Pollard can be a three down back, but as of today, we haven't seen him shoulder that load. I don't know if he can be that. And I think moving on from Zeke was certainly the move. I'm not advocating from that. I think he was clearly past his prime. But I would have liked to get them to get somebody other than like a Malik Davis or like a Rojo. Someone a little bit better that can actually be a consistent number two. Especially this Cowboys offense that runs the ball a lot. And like I said, with the play calling, they don't do it too creatively. So you need talented running backs. And in this day and age, you usually need two of them at least to be a good running team. So maybe I'm underestimating Tony Pollard, but I'm just a little bit concerned with the depth there, especially with Rojo being uh, suspended at the moment. But I have heard a lot of great things about Deuce Vaughn coming out of camp. So maybe he can do a little bit of that. In terms of the receiving core, I think they did a great job by adding Brandon Cooks. I think he's one of the most underrated and consistent receivers in the league. And I think this receiver two role is perfect for him. I think he's too old for a number one now. And he's the kind of guy that can take the top off the defense and really help Dak in being that aggressive version of him that we want. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb being there and being able to do pretty much anything you want from a receiver, being an elite wide receiver one, helps a lot. Gallup sliding into that receiver three role, I think that's perfect for him. He obviously has the ability to make a lot of good plays. And him being a receiver three now after being, a, would say, for most of his career, a receiver two on this team, I think that's going to be huge for them. And I think they have a couple other good depth receiver pieces as well. So I think that room is really good. One thing I disagree with you on massively is the tight end. I think Dalton Schultz was huge for Dak Prescott. And I agree that this offense was not very creative with what he they were making him do. It was a lot of just flats or like a quick in route. You know, just get it to him and then Dalton Schultz falls over possession catch. But I think that safety blanket that Dak has pretty much always had since he entered his career with the pretty elite tight end, first with Witten and now Dalton Schultz, is something that he's going to miss massively. Because when you are a quarterback like him, who doesn't make a ton of chunk plays, who usually dinks and dunks his way downfield, you love that big tight end that you can just go to at any time. 
and someone with receiving ability as well who can get open on their own and Dak doesn't always have to like throw him open and find a way to get him the ball. I think someone like Jake Ferguson simply isn't going to be that involved in this passing offense. And I think that's going to be a huge problem for Dak, even if they schematically weren't using the tight end too much. And I think the offensive line, I agree with PD, it's really good when they're healthy. But that, at this point in both Tyrone Smith and Zach Martin's career, is a big question mark. I think Terrence Steele is also a bit of a question mark in terms of just consistency. I don't know how good he's going to be. And I think the biggest concern right now is Zach Martin because currently he's holding out of Cowboys camp. And I think he has always been the main proponent of making this offensive line be as elite as it always is. To me, he's the biggest piece that they need to get going. So with that question mark as well as the injury, I'm just not too sure about how this uh, Cowboys offensive line is going to come together, I guess. But I think they have the talent there, which is a lot more than you can say about a lot of other teams. So I think like if they can stay healthy, if they can get all their guys together, this can be a good unit. So to me, not a whole lot of holes on this Cowboys offense. And I think Dak fits in perfectly. It really comes down to will he stay healthy and will, I guess, everyone on this team stay healthy? Because there's question marks and guys like, uh, as I've just mentioned, the offensive line, but also Tony Pollard. Brandon Cooks is someone who gets injured a lot. Gallup has had season-ending injuries. I think it falls completely onto that. All right, so let's get into the outcome stuff. So with Dak, um, his per-game outcome that I'm about to mention right now is going to be higher than he ranks on the episode list that we put out because we have him projected to miss a few games. So Mm -hmm. that injury thing is a huge, huge factor in the way that the Cowboys season will end up finishing because I don't think they're going to have three leprechauns up their ass with uh, Cooper Rush starting again this year. So um, let's see um, if that can stay healthy. But uh, in terms of 50th percentile outcome, I think he's a pro bowler. Um, when he's healthy, I think he's right around that top seven to eight range. Um, really, really good ceiling raiser. When things are going right, uh, the offense looks like one of the best offenses in the league. I think in 2021, when Dak was healthy, they might have been the top offensive league. So um, really, really strong player at elevating talent when it's there. Um, in terms of his 75th and 100th percentile outcomes, so this will come with um, him being like fully healthy uh, for the whole year. At 75th percentile, I could see him being like fifth to sixth best quarterback. Um, he's kind of reached close to those heights when he was healthy. Um, before the injury in 2021, you saw some of that. Um, and then at the 100th percentile outcome, he kind of contends for an MVP, that kind of thing. Um, the 25th percentile and 0th percentile outcome. So at the 25th percentile outcome, he's fighting through injury again. Um, and it looks a little bit better than it did last year, but still not the greatest. So something like the 13th to 14th best quarterback. Um, and then the 0th percentile outcome, he's battling through a really tough injury, uh, but still manages to play a good amount of games. And he's still just isn't really the same player looks more like the 19th to 20th best quarterback closer to um, what he did uh, this year than the 13th to 14th, I think. But um, that's why it's that last year was a really low end outcome for me. And then for Cooper rush, I think his 50th percentile outcome, he's, he's just like a solid backup Um, at 75th percentile outcome. He looks more like a decent to solid or decent to strong backup. Um, and then 100th percentile outcome, I still don't see him cracking um, starting level because of the f- issues with field and athleticism. Um, and then at the low end outcomes, he looks more like a 
mediocre to bad and then a bad backup at the zero percentile outcome. Yeah, I'm certainly a lot lower on, I'd say, all my projections on Dak, especially the high end, because to me, even in a hundred percentile outcome, something like Dak Prescott being MVP is just insane to me. Uh, but even w- when you include all the injury issues, but more importantly to me is the issues we talked about on the field pretty much all season last year. Honestly, this new developing interception or turnover problem, whatever you want to call it, at this point, I'm not sure if it was a product of just him being injured or if that's just something to expect out of Dak at this point. And you really can't say after last season because it's not like he played five games. He did play 12 plus playoff games where it was clearly a problem throughout it. And it was something that came out of nowhere because he was super inconsistent too. I I mean, we just saw in those two playoff games, he had absolute masterclass of a performance against that Bucks team and then comes out the next week against the Niners and puts up a pretty terrible performance to be quite honest. So that inconsistency, all the interception problems combined with the injury really put him a lot lower on I got I wouldn't say a lot lower on the list for me but definitely a decent bit I think his 50 percentile or average outcome is somewhere going to be just outside the top 10 I do think he's super talented got a lot of good top end characteristics but to me some of the other guys we'll talk about that are higher just have way less holes to their game just way less inconsistency. I even think their high-end outcomes are going to be higher. So to me, Dak is just a little step below those people. Kind of same sort of range. I would have rated like Kirk Cousins a couple episodes ago or even my new adjusted ranking of Tua. And I'd say in the high-end outcome, I could see him get into that top 7, 8 QB range, but at the bottom end of it, to me, there's like firmly six, seven quarterbacks who I don't see even at Dak's best, just him getting better than because of all the things that I know are a part of Dak's game and that I'm just expecting. I just don't see that happening. And just the injury risk, obviously, at the high end outcome, it won't really be a concern. It probably means he plays all his games. I just think his inconsistency in J in general in play is what's going to hold him back from that top five or even MVP tier for me. Uh, But also the low end outcome is not much lower. I think at this point in his career, we know what we're going to get out of Dak and we know he's not going to drop off to that big of a margin. Even last year, I'd say at his worst, he was probably a average to maybe slightly below average quarterback. And that was probably one of his worst overall stretches throughout his career. So I'd say worst outcome is him replicating something similar to what he did last year. And that would put him somewhere in the average to slightly below average tier for me, maybe something in the 15 to 18 range at his worst. And then when we look at Cooper Rush, I think Cooper Rush on average is one of the better uh, backups in the league. Uh, I think we talked about during the season, I was pretty impressed by his stint not to the extent of him being better than Dak or something like that. But I I was surprised someone who seemingly came out of nowhere in terms of not really having much hype around him was able to really hold his own. And for that reason, I'd say he, uh, in his median level outcome, will be probably a little bit on the higher end of uh, 
backup quarterbacks, probably just above average backup quarterback for me. I'd say in his high-end outcome, if Dak misses a couple more games than we expect, and in his absence, Cooper Rush plays a lot better than we would expect, I could see him being one of the best backups in the league. He's already got the experience for it. He's got a great team around him, so it's very possible. And in his low-end outcome, I guess he'd be like a bottom-tier backup because he really doesn't have too many characteristic traits that surprise me or make me, you know, really high on him. And I guess one person that we kind of mentioned didn't mention, I'll give his outcome here, Will Greer. Uh, I'll just say he's a firm third string, whether he hits his high, middle, or <laughs> low percentile outcome. Just not too high on the guy. Yeah, I actually think Will Greer is going to be a starter. Um, that'll be all from <laughs> us. Um, make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at PD34 underscore and Real Rock with Potty 2. That'll be all from me. That'll be all from Potty. We will see you guys in the next one.